everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. A uh, bit of a milestone here in the Resistance base. This is the 500th episode of the Resistance Broadcast. I wow. can't believe it. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> just it, It's just crazy to think, you know, we pretty much have been putting out for the last almost four years now, four years now, uh, two episodes a week and just chugging along minimal breaks. And uh, here we are um, not too ceremonious. You know, we don't have guests coming in or anything like that. Uh, we want to keep it like a pretty standard TRB episode as standard as these episodes have been during uh, <laughs> a streaming show on Wednesdays. But uh, we just wanted to uh, say thanks to everybody who's been with us uh, from the very beginning, or you just joined recently, but this is the 500th mm-hmm. episode of the show, and we are just, I feel like we are just getting going here, and with me as always are James and Lacey, so hello, TRB 500, uh, crazy to think. Yeah, I think the I think the big numbers come from the two episodes a week, like, which is a decision I made like a long time ago, I'm like, hey man, we're podcasting, you know, for nearly two hours. Why don't we split this up and kind of break out the segments and make it a little bit more, you know, like this. And so, um, it, but it, it is crazy to see <laughs> such huge numbers, you know, down the line that you're looking back. It feels like I've, we've probably only been doing this like a little over a year, but then you're like, it's been yeah. like closer to four years. Holy crap. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I always knew time. I talked a lot, but not this much. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of hours of content. A lot of Lacey just rambling and yeah. It's anyway. it, it, John and and probably Lacey now too. Have you considered the is so long as it doesn't get like deleted from Apple or YouTube or whatever, like the amount of content that your kids could go back and just scroll through <laughs> if for whatever reason you know they ever wanted to like revisit. Specific Maybe one day if my son life. gets into it. We're no, a family-friendly I mean, podcast, so that's actually, it makes me feel good that if she does go back, I know she's not going to listen to anything, any crazy stuff, but she's going to probably think I'm super annoying. I could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's probably going to be like, I hate this. <laughs> like, yeah. thinking thinking about, like, your, your parent or your mom and dad having, like, mm-hmm. this uh, YouTube channel from... 30 40 years ago or something like that you know like when my dad was in a band yeah when he was little and they were called the midnight riders Ooh. and they wore like plaid suits and like knee-high socks it was real weird but uh he was on the radio once here in connecticut and he played the recording for me and he was like hi i'm bill Gillen. i was like this is weird no not cool not cool So I well, guess that's kind of the same, not really, but kind of. But I mean, well, our, our that, kids that, will that never go through all of it, right? Our musical guest tonight on the show, uh, reuniting after all these years, yes. the Midnight Riders, showing up later <laughs> right. in the show. No, um, <laughs> take us out. No, but seriously, that, yeah, James, I was thinking, you know, it made me think today, I was like, TRB 500, when did James and I start talking and stuff? And I remember you just made me think of when we split the episodes, like, we were debating, like, this segment should go on the Thursday show and with this one and this one should yeah, go on. The, yeah, yeah. It's just like, and now it's just been this steady machine. Um, we have changed things up to keep things fresh and stuff like yeah, that. And who knows? Um, it might but, be changing even in the near future. Like as we get we, used we to don't more know. of the we streaming stuff. Yeah. 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 It yeah, is weird that knows? it's going to be full circle that I started talking to John via Twitter while I was in Disneyland walking around. Like I was texting him via Twitter and now I'm going to be there yeah. with John. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, hopefully celebration goes on without a hitch and we're there and we finally get to go to Galaxy's Edge together and mm-hmm. we look forward to that. But uh, yeah, thanks thanks to everybody who's who's been with us uh, for the, the long haul or you just joined us. Maybe you're a brand new listener. You're like, this is your 500th episode? Holy cow. Yeah, where have I been? But go back and listen to how annoying I've been yeah. over the years. And just then on put, our thousand play episode, <laughs> it'll be like a year of content. The funniest or, or... thing to me is when people go back and they listen to an old, old episode from years ago and there's mm-hmm. some joke or bit that we're doing that I don't remember. And then they'll be like, Lucy, how about this? And I'll be like, what are they talking about? 
talking about? And then I'll mention to you guys being like, what are they talking about? And then James will be like, I think it's this. And like, we can't remember what we had said, you know, three yeah. years I don't, ago. I don't remember when we put out an episode the other day. Someone will be in a <laughs> Patreon chat and someone will be like, John, totally on this. And I'm like, did I say something about that? Yeah. yeah that, or they like, send I, you an image of something and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Just in general, yeah. it's like, totally agree with you on that, on the, the, you know, Ahsoka point or whatever. And you're like, what Ahsoka point? Oh, boy, like, what did I say? I don't know. Yeah, you're going to have to link me I don't, right I don't to listen the timestamp. I'm not the type of person that listens to my own podcast. So it's just, once it's done, it, I'm, I'm done with it. But um, unless every once in a while we want to bring something back, like we do with Resistance Transmission. It's a voice thing. You hear your own voice and you're like, ugh. I, I listen yeah, for quality controlled sometimes too. Like, I, you know, like you... Like mm -hmm. if you put focus yeah, on the YouTube side, it. you yeah. forget the the audio side. So I listen to the audio side to make sure like things are working there and stuff. So from yeah. like a, a technical perspective, yeah, I'm I'm consistently clicking through stuff all the time, thinking about um, how we can make improvements and stuff. But before we uh, get into the show, um, we do want to celebrate this uh, with you and give you a chance to win some stuff. So mm -hmm. we have put together uh, three giveaways on varying social media slash YouTube platforms, venues, platforms. Uh, the first being Twitter. Uh, we're giving away the Dave Filoni Trapper Wolf figure, uh, Black Series, um, very timely. Uh, he just recently uh, put out an episode of, of Star Wars, I believe. Um, so what are you going to do on Twitter is you're going to follow us at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. -N. Uh, we are actually just under 400 away from 10,000. So follow us there and retweet the tweet with the giveaway uh, and reply with your favorite episode ever of TRB. So if you do those three things, you're entered to win Trapper Wolf. Good luck to you. Look for that tweet today. Uh, and Instagram, you're going to follow us there. You're going to comment on the post with your favorite TRB episode and also tag someone that you think would love our podcast. So uh, we're... Putting you, giving you a little task there to try and find a friend who will also love what we do and uh, here at TRB. So uh, those are your steps for Instagram. And the last one, YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, um, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Like the video of today's episode and comment with your favorite episode of TRB of all time. And John, what are the uh, prizes outside of Dave Filoni? Oh, yeah, I didn't even say that. The, so the Instagram one's going to be George Lucas, his action figure as a stormtrooper. Is that the one? Yep. Mm-hmm. Stormtrooper George Lucas and YouTube's going to be we're trying to keep it thematic so it's going to be Paz Vizsla aka your John Favreau so you got Filoni, Lucas and Favreau so Favreau will be uh, the Paz Vizsla on YouTube, Lucas on Instagram and Filoni on Twitter but either way you can enter all of them so mm -hmm. you have a chance to win all three Yep. Uh, likelihood of that slim but <laughs> either way it's our thanks to you uh, for, for listening to us and watching us and being a part of the fun time over here that we have in the resistance space every week and mm -hmm. hopefully for another 500 episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, here we go. It is a show still. We are celebrating our journey to this point, but we now must move forward. And we do that with our first segment of the day. James Bainey, what's up, man? The force is with me. And I'm one with the force. Yeah, well, this week we decided to change it up just a little bit because we're in that weird like streaming universe where we're moving discussions uh, to Monday shows and other things like that. So we haven't actually done one with the force in a little while, so we thought we'd bring it back. Um, and we're just going to kick it off with something that we actually technically talked about on uh, the Mando Fan Show at the end of last week. Uh, but we wanted to kind of set it in stone this week. So the question is going to be, what uh which way do you want groku grogu to choose so if you saw the episode hopefully spoilers a little bit here uh you know he was given the option of choosing the mandalorian way or the jedi way and i'm going to start with john on this one uh because you know we got we talked about it uh last wednesday but what are your what are your thoughts now on his which way he'll choose um yeah i mean we we it was definitely part of our discussion wednesday but just for a definitive straight up answer on this i'm going mando um just because i think luke should be left in small doses and keep it special and also uh just that bond you know we that's set up and that's 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 his family mandalorian is his family so i think din Djarin and grogu need to be together so i'm going with mando all right 
Um, yeah, like I said, and and you can go check out the details and stuff. But I definitely think we're going the Jedi route, um, which is a a little bit tough to kind of come, you know, to terms with the way the show, the longevity of the show, and and stuff like that. But I think that ultimately Grogu becoming a Jedi uh, makes more sense to me than him becoming a Mandalorian. Um, I think there's obviously some other things that I spoke about on Wednesday, but uh, but yeah, I think if I had to pick one today and it was going to be, this is Grogu for the future, he's a Jedi or he's a Mandalorian, I think the Jedi way makes more sense. So Lacey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it to you. Which way did you land on this one as of Monday? Yeah, I think he's going to go Mandalorian route. I think mm-hmm. because, first of all, he's traumatized about the Jedi stuff. You can even see it still in this past episode how traumatized he is from what happened to him and like he's still putting up kind of a fight with Luke and it's not like a physical fight but like a mental fight of uh, learning things and he has little moments here and there where he gets stuff done but there's always like this hesitancy of doing what Luke says and I think that's because as Ahsoka and Luke say he has this attachment to Mandalorian uh, the Mandalorian and I think uh, John Favreau wants Grogu to stick around with him and then it doesn't create that confusion that all the fans are kind of predicting right now which is Luke's academy gets destroyed so then that completely takes him out of that equation and there's no like did he survive didn't he survive because he wasn't even there Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense um yeah it's tough uh and who knows we might not we might not get the answer this week we might not get the answer till the next season we might get the answer way down the line you know who knows like they'll flash back and be like uh you know this is actually how that whole choice that he made went down you know he may Mm -hmm. choose one path or the other but maybe in the moment he chose the other way and then something happened that cut you know what i mean it's crazy um but let's uh let's go ahead let's etch that in the stone and move on to the next question here Um, And that is, uh, what is, in your opinion, the best Star Wars toy released in the 1990s? Uh, And I'm going to start, jump back at Lacey on this one first. What's your your pick? So this is a tough question for me because I've been actively collecting stuff from the 90s uh, because I wasn't a big collector when I was little. So I've gone back and gotten gotten some of that stuff, especially because it seems like a little more... I don't know, detailed in some of the figures and there's just like really cool ones. Like there's the uh, Jedi ghost figures from the end of Return of the Jedi with Yoda and Obi-Wan and Anakin and stuff. So um, those have been cool. However, the best one that I found on eBay that I had to have immediately was uh, there's a Bantha Power of the Force, which is like a full Bantha figure that like six inches can ride on and it has Mm. fur on it and everything. Like it's like really legit and it's like, I still have it in the box. I haven't taken it out of the box, but it has like a little hole in it that's like feel real fur. <laughs> and you can you can feel that it's actual fur. And since like Banthas have had this like renaissance on Star Wars, we see more from Banthas in the past few years than ever. Um, it's just like a really fun figure now that, you know, I can purchase a Mandalorian or I can purchase, you know, a Boba Fett figure and have him ride on it. Yeah. Uh, John, what would be your pick? Uh, for a favorite toy from the 1990s. Did the band said 1900s have fur or was it hard plastic? <laughs> no, it's fur, like actual fur, uh, like hair. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it was it was tough between. I know they're outdated now, but when those electronic lightsabers came out, those things were like the coolest. Uh, I had the the Luke Return of the Jedi one, the green one, mm-hmm. and I had uh, the Vader one. But I got to go with the the redone version of the Millennium Falcon just because the the sounds, the lights, the compartments, the door, the cockpit, um, just like all the nooks and crannies that went into it uh, is just is just just this whole big deal. And uh, I had to like I even gave one away to my nephews before I had kids. And then once we had Johnny, I had to go on eBay and like buy another one. I remember like me and Lacey were like hunt, like looking on eBay for like She's like, no, this one's priced this, but it doesn't have a door. Remember us talking about that? Yeah. And then I found one and I bought it. It's up in the attic now for when he's old enough. Uh, he's a little reckless with toys right now. He's not too into Star Wars Is yet, it the but... really, really big one? 
It's the the it's the power of the force series, so yeah, it yeah. fits the three point seven five action oh, figures yeah. in the cockpit. Yep. Yeah, uh, and it has all the electronic lights and the sounds and stuff. So uh, I'm excited to show that to him. But I always liked that one. So uh, the the power of the force, nineteen ninety five Millennium Falcon. It's kind of like a redone version of the old one, and just bigger and better and. Yeah, one no of the more. best things I ever got at a flea market was one of the big, big yeah. Millennium Falcons. I got it for like sixty bucks. Yeah, that's like, legit. This is a score. Never um, happened again. <laughs> for me, so here's the thing: is like I, I saw this question, and I was like, oh, I have no clue. And you know, even googling around and stuff, I just am like really so detached from toys and stuff in the '90s, like. I kind of had like my toys, but most toys that I had were like hand me down anyway. And any toy that I was like, I don't know, I just wasn't into like, I don't know, I guess I just wasn't into Star Wars at this time in my life or something. I just didn't pay attention to this stuff. So I'm like Googling things and looking for an answer. And the only thing I can come up with, I I remember seeing these in stores and kind of thinking that was really cool. And it was the the like Comtech action figures. Yeah. That come with the little sound things. Yeah. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that, I guess, I think maybe connects with, I I very remember like uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toy. And I think I've even talked about this on the show, but they had like a rip cord and it had like a sewer on the back. And when you rip the cord, it would like have a phrase or something. I think there was something to toys having more technology in them. So they were like, they weren't just like press a button and the arm moves, but a little bit more like actual like robot-y, talky, electronic mm-hmm. things that I think I was more interested in. Um, like I said, I didn't play with these or have these, but I think I remember being on the uh, in the store like Toys R Us, like looking at these things thinking, man, I wish I had all these because those little chips like were their own like collector's item within themselves. Um but it's funny because I remember toys growing up like certain years what I had to have and talking wise the thing I had to have which I never got by the way was a Woody from Toy Story like I really wanted one mm-hmm. and you couldn't find them anywhere where he's mm-hmm. like there's a snake in my boot like those, yeah those and they toys. still do it like the the stuff they're selling today yeah. are like the Toy Story figures where all of them talk to each other you know oh, like if you get multiple really, ones really cool like a Furby yeah. type thing We'll go into go into like the Toy Story store and hit like one of the aliens and they go, ooh, and they all go, oh, the whole wall of them will do it. It's (laughs) crazy. I couldn't imagine working there. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was little, I I couldn't find the Woody one, but we found Buzz Lightyear and that was like a big deal for me that I had Buzz Lightyear. For sure. All right. Uh, Moving on to the next question here. We got two more uh, before we move into the next section, but. Uh, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, musical themes. And so we came up with the question out of the new mu- main musical themes created out of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett, which one is your favorite so far? Uh, and of course, we're going to try to narrow it down to pretty standard ones. So that would be between uh, Mando, th- like main theme, Grogu and Boba Fett, uh, those themes. Uh, so I'm going to start with, I believe, John, John. Mm-hmm. on this one. Uh, John, wh- which one are you going with? I'm going with Grogu. Um, I wanted to go Mando, but some parts of Mando still makes me think of Rocky too much. Uh, Boba Fett's I like, but parts of it is just like, I'll never forget us laughing on a few shows ago about some of the ridiculous like vocal parts of that. It was just the use. It was you. It wasn't the theme. It was you singing it. Yeah, so, but Grogu's, especially last episode of uh, Book of Boba Fett, when they hit that again, uh, it just has the power of like Yoda's theme, but it's different. And it, there's, there, it, I can't say that sound, because like even the Book of Boba Fett song sounds like it should be on Pirates of the Caribbean or something. The Grogu theme just it sounds very Spider Man to me, actually. Like Danny Elfman's Spider Man. There are moments in there that's like, and I was like, this sounds like Spider Man. Boba Fett's theme? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and but Grogu's theme, when I hear it, I think of him and only him and the way they've been able to weave it in the story and stuff and, and meld it in with other things, I think is beautiful. Uh, it's powerful. It's it's kind of mystical. I love it. So uh, it's probably not it's probably the least popular pick, but uh, for me, it's Grogu's. Lacey? 
So Boba Fett's, I listen to it every Wednesday when I'm getting ready for the show. I just like get myself hyped up with it. It's really great. Grogu's, I've noticed, I noticed more in this past episode, like how beautiful it is. But I got to go Mando. That song is just like so iconic to me now. And it's made such an impact in my life that anytime either Mando is mentioned or seen on screen or Grogu's, Grogu's in my house somewhere, my husband's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so it's just like one of those things that like, it's just, it's just so well known at this point mm-hmm. to me that yeah. that's my favorite. The yeah. fact that I can just sing a couple notes and, and know the song is just like such a big thing. Um, so you guys know me, I, I kind of have like little issues with, with all of the songs. So I'll start with the heavy <laughs> bashing I here. <laughs> I love that James like, here's what I hate. I'll, st- I'll start with the heavy stuff. Grogu, that's not a theme. That's not even, it's sounds. It's not music. <laughs> I just, I can't with his thing. It's not even a thing. It's a sound that you put on in the back to, to fall asleep to. It's not actual like song. It's just noise. It's, it's pads and stuff. It just reminds me of the office where he's like, have you ever heard of a soundscape? It's like yeah. one moment in time stretched out. Yes. Yeah. It's not. And it's like when I hear it, I'm like, okay, that's Grogu, but it's not really like a song. But between <laughs> between Mando and Boba Fett, um, I gotta go Boba Fett. I think both songs to me don't sound like Star Wars, and I can get into all the details all I want, but that's not what we're doing here. Uh, but I think that Boba Fett uh is more interesting to me as a piece of music. Whereas Mando still feels a little bit one, two, three, four, one, two, two, Da-dun. three, four. Yeah, it just feels very like this um, the whole time. And Boba Fett's kind of feels like there's a, a a sway and something interesting where they're cutting. And they do some interesting things with like the vocals between the, the tone shifts and stuff. I'm like, you know what? Between the two, I still both think that they're better for rap songs, like beats for rap songs. Uh, but I I think I would enjoy Boba Fett being a rap song better than Mando being a rap song. If, yeah, I know it's weird, but uh, they, they don't. None of these feel like Star Wars to me. Uh, that I just am now used to them as Star Wars songs. I think they had to go not Star Wars because otherwise we'd just be sitting here being like they're not John Williams, you know. Yeah. I think that's the kind of way they went about it a little bit was like hey do something different because it is different yeah and and maybe they're trying to do a little bit of separation there but Mm -hmm. um okay uh the last one being which star wars character uh that started in animation has looked the best in their move to live action so uh i'm gonna start with you Lacey, on this one uh who do you think made the best jump so should we run down who the ones are the who are the characters that made the jump? It would be Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, Cad Bane. I would just pick. Who well, I mean, there's a lot. Is. Yeah. Um. Well, those or are the ones I think of. What? Who looks the best? What's the question? Who looks the best? Right. Yeah. I yeah. I think I'm gonna go with Bo-Katan. I think her character, her armor looked sick. Her hair was the thing that I was kind of like, I wonder what her hair is going to end up looking like because it's very chunky in the the animated version. But I think it worked out pretty well and it didn't look too much like a wig. It looked somewhat natural. Um, And plus that character, because it's not a creature, an alien or something, it doesn't rely on a lot of prosthetics or makeup and stuff. So it's just Katie Sackhoff. So I would say Bo-Katan. John, who are you thinking? Not even close for me, Cad Bane. That, I mean, I talked about it Wednesday. That blew me freaking away. Because I remember like, you know, we were, everyone on the planet, like, it was just like when everyone predicted Rose's sister dying in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Everyone and their mother was like, Cad Bane's going to be in Boba Fett. Especially Filoni's involved. Like, come on, that's pretty obvious. (laughs) So then he shows up and, you know, he's a very cartoony looking character in The Clone Wars. So they had Mm -hmm. to be careful with how they did it. And somehow they did it, made him very aesthetic, but also uh, just he still and he still looks like him though. They didn't mm-hmm. like take too many. Ma- they made him a little lighter, which I liked. I thought they did an amazing job with him in his transition to to live action. I think Ahsoka is the worst in my opinion. A lot of people um, don't like what they did with Ahsoka. Just her look, her like 
her hammer pants. And there's not much you can do, really. It's just kind of, there it is. It's Ahsoka. But uh, Cad Bane, like, that blew me away. I, that, for me, it's him. No question. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't, I don't know, guys. Is this is it technically cheating to say Saw Gerrera? No. Yeah, I yeah. don't think so. That's <laughs> big, big time. Mm-hmm. I think John's joking. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You don't like it because it's human and it's. It doesn't have to do Bo-Katan. something funky. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I. I. I I'm not super sold on anybody in the Mandalorian. Like I get all the arguments of, of why certain characters, I think, I think, uh, I think if I had to pick not Saul and go with something that's kind of like what we're talking about here in this era, uh, I think I'm with John probably Cad Bane. Um, it was really cool. It's just his teeth really creep me out. So I can't be, I can't be Cause that's it. how good of a job they did. Yeah. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about Ken Bain, uh, again, would be just like, I think people are picturing that's not Cad Bane. The last time we saw him, which would be like bad badge or clone wars or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, man, time has passed, you know? So let's just the voice let's sold it. chill out really on, yeah. uh, you know what this character's supposed to look like. Uh, and I think this is probably exactly what that character would look like. Um, but I, I still, I like the, I like saw and I like the direction that they went with that character and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I was totally convinced that that was, that would that could be that character and stuff um whereas all these other ones i felt like i really had a strong connection to the animated version and i'm like nitpicky about everything else you know that's understandable (laughs) because a lot of people are like that especially with ahsoka people were very very Mm -hmm. opinionated i still i still don't like uh bo-katan's hair i think it it feels too like they put a helmet on her kind of thing chunky a hermit a hermit All right, well, uh, that wraps up One with the Force this week. Uh, we want to get to our next section, and then we got a big discussion to, to talk about. So uh, what's up next, Lacey? Guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on all the different audio platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. Um, on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N, on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. But if you want more outside of our normal two episodes a week, live show stuff like that, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, uh, you get access to the page and everything that we post there. Um, except the reply stuff, which starts at uh, $5 and up if you want to be a part of the show. But just to watch our content, which we put out weekly videos and stuff like that, and live streams uh, that are just for Patreon, just $2 and you get to be a part of it, which is really cool. This is the part of the show that we let our generals and our uh, spice runners be a part of the show. And I want to say thank you to them first. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Nathan Shank, Danny, Mike Rumor, uh, Matt Heath, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. Welcome, Matt, who is our newest general. Uh Uh, Then we have our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Horneck, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Uh, And this week we have General Christian Morales. What up, Christian? Yo. Uh, And he gets a chance to be a part of the show by answering a question. And then we reply and see what our thoughts are. So his question was, who is your favorite Star Wars character from each saga trilogy? So one from the prequels, one from the original trilogy, and one from the sequel trilogy. So Christian, Mm. take it away. Hey, TRB. Uh, my favorite prequel trilogy character has to be the GOAT, obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, he just always seems to be the best voice of reason throughout the whole series. Um, and then for my favorite original trilogy character was a tie between Darth Vader and Han Solo. And then after thinking through the reasons as to why, I went with Han Solo. Uh, he's just an easy swashbuckling character to get along with um with a heart of gold and you can't really deny how good han solo is at that point and then my favorite uh sequel trilogy character is definitely phasma 
she got completely underused in the sequel trilogy, but you know, after reading the Phasma novel and just seeing how cool she is, there's no way that they could just kill her off by falling down a pit of fire. If Darth Maul can get cut in half, Phasma can come back. And that you better believe. TI39221 out. Nicely done, Christian. I'm going to start with John. John, what did you think? Started off strong, got stronger, <laughs> got worse. <laughs> That's so mean. Well, I, I, Christian knows I bust his chops. He's a he's a chop breaker too. Um, yeah, the Kenobi picks hard to hard to argue against. He was the grounding force for the light in the prequels, and you know Han Solo is my favorite character. But Phasma, man, yeah, all right, all right. He must have been really disappointed, Christian, with what happened to her in the sequel trilogy. Well, he he thinks she's alive. He's part of that team, so. Yeah. So uh, who knows? But uh, uh, love you wearing the uh, the general shirt, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for you know all your support. You're always a, a good time in the chats. Good answers. I'm just busting your chops as always. Um, solid picks. And uh, Hansel is the best one though, of course. But uh, thanks, buddy. James, this uh, I- I'm kind of opposite John uh, here because it feels a little oh, bit like that. Surprise! He, I love how he acts like that's a new concept. Like I'm opposite what John says. Well, yeah, <laughs> but do that I know. every episode. Well, no. Yeah, can we? Can we? Or, can, hold on. Can we start TRB five hundred one? We'll start renaming the episodes episode one or whatever, and you'll start agreeing with me for one. <laughs> no. Uh, so you know that uh, you know that X Men thing where it's like, uh, who's the best character in Star Wars? Obi Wan. I said the real best character, <laughs> Han. Oh yeah. Perf- I said the real yeah. best character, and it's Phasma. You know, kind of thing. Uh, first of all, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's on team she's alive. He's saying he's on team she could survive that fire. Yeah. Uh, and that also, too, I think the world is divided by people who read the Phasma novel and people who did not. I totally understand. If you didn't read the novel, Phasma, it's whatever character. When you read it, you're like, holy crap, that's one of the best villains in Star Wars. <laughs> it's like the, something changes with that character because of that very particular novel. So um, I'm going to assume Christian is on, has read that book because uh, he's a big uh, book person in our Patreon. So I think that is where that's coming from. And if you haven't read it, check it out. It's really good. Uh, but good answer, Christian. And uh, thanks for being a general, of course. Christian, great answers. I agree with your Obi-Wan question, or answer because he is the best in the prequels. I agree with that. Uh, I have differing characters for the other ones, but I'll just I'll let you win with Obi-Wan because that's important. <laughs> but uh, other than that, thanks for being awesome. I know you're super active in like the Star Wars community as a whole. You do the cosplay thing. You're part of the 501st. So con- yeah, like congrats being part of that. And thank you for doing that because you do such, such awesome stuff for kids and whatnot, which is just so great. And I think you're a definite highlight for the community. And we love having you within TRB as well. So we should have so had much. him. We should have had him do the pod race on the next episode because he it would have been trb 501 christian we really messed up so i'm really sorry (laughs) (laughs) anyway we're gonna head to john for our discussion all right will dave filoni write and direct all of the ahsoka series obi-wan once thought as you do um, so a long time ago in a writing room somewhere in Northern California, George Lucas and Dave Filoni created Ahsoka Tano, a young wisecracking apprentice for Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. Almost a decade and a half later, Ahsoka has become one of the more fleshed out arcs of any Star Wars character, which leads us to her own live action series expected to arrive next year. The question is, will Dave Filoni be writing and directing all of it? And what can we expect from the series based on what we've seen from Filoni as a writer, but also, perhaps more importantly, based on his recent live-action resume? Uh, He has three episodes now that he has directed, uh, written, co-written. I think that is important stuff, but also just uh, his passion and um, care for the character. Um, It's it's near and dear to him because it's really his main stamp on star wars to this point in terms of character creation goes so that is really important so uh james you pitch this thing so usually i start this stuff but i'm gonna throw it right over to you 
uh, because you just you're just such a good buddy of mine. Uh, so why don't you take take this uh, one again? No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> why don't you take this one and and uh, since you pitch it, why why'd you pitch it? What did you think? Uh, what are your initial thoughts? And uh, once you start this discussion off, well, so I guess here's the thing: is like we're doing the Mando fan show and we're looking for guests, you know. And I knew that when uh, I was reaching out to Andy Bain, who was our guest last week that he was coincidentally going to be likely on a good episode because we knew Dave Filoni was going to write that episode. And it was very likely at the time Dave Filoni was going to direct that episode. And we know what that means. And I started thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute. We know what that means. What, what, is, what does that mean? I was like, the guys only directed two episodes. And one of them, the first one, was universally hated. <laughs> like kind of, you know, it's like, Everybody yeah. was really because not... Because of Toro. What? Probably because of Toro Calican more I, than anything. I but. agree, but I'm saying, like, I think that was one of the episodes that people kind of walked away from that episode being like, eh, too much fan service or he was supposed to be like a Han, and I just really did not like it and all this. And then we come around to the second season, he does another episode, and everybody's like, wow, like, that was incredible, uh, of course, that was going to be Filoni's thing because in the past he said that, you know, if you're going to do something with Ahsoka, you got to consult me first. You know, it's kind of this unwritten rule that nobody really touches that character but him. And I, and then, you know, you see the, the most recent episode and it was probably the best one he's done, if not the best of anything, you know, the entire series or uh, all of it. Um, so it's crazy. He's growing really fast. And it just made me think if no one touches Ahsoka but him, what are we looking at as far as John Favreau being involved when it comes to Ahsoka? Is Dave Filoni writing this thing like front to back? Is he directing this thing? And which directors, if not, or is he planning on pulling in to be like, okay, you get to direct Ahsoka now? I mean, she's really only been in two episodes and I've directed both of them, but now I'm handing it off to somebody else. Does that seem likely or is this his next step into like i did some mandalorian did some book of boba fett now i'm like really going into it and i'm doing a deborah chow doing the whole show kind of thing and i was like i don't know man is is he ready for that is that what we're is that what we're in, should be anticipating i i don't see him directing the whole thing himself i see him writing it um but the question is will he write it with favreau because the episode we got that he did the best on was written with Favreau. True. So I think if Ahsoka has any type of character that is pulled from John Favreau's kind of cinematic universe, so to speak, I think that he's definitely going to have a say in it. Um, so I think obviously Filoni's going to head it, but I think he's going to reach out to Favreau, maybe other people for input. Um, but he does know Ahsoka the best. That being said, I don't think he's the strongest director. I just seeing between the two episodes of uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode and his episode, mm -hmm. he didn't make as, you know, interesting choices direction wise as she did. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the stunning shots that you're like, you have to take a second to be like, wow, this is a beautiful shot. Like this is a, you know, computer desktop phone wallpaper type shot. He didn't have a lot of those to me in um his episode obviously he had more of like the cg with luke and like you're kind of distracted by that because it's just so good but other than that like i wouldn't look at his episode as like it's the most beautiful episode that was shot this season um i think it was a good episode and he did a good job but i can think it can be said also for the mandalorian episode with ahsoka and the first season episode with chapter five right it was toro calico whatever his name is calican was Chapter mm -hmm. five, right? Yeah, gunslinger. Yeah. So has he? So he did five, five, and six. Interesting. I thought mm. he would have done five, five, and five. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see him directing everything. I think he'll either get another director like Deborah Chow to do the whole thing, or he'll get someone to do each one, which I think has been working really well for them, because not only is it bringing new talent in and differing shots and opinions and stuff like that, um, but it just 
it's just a cool thing to hear from different points of view of like what worked and what didn't when it comes to the gallery series. Um, and yeah. it tests people out. Yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of, you know, I'm not, I don't focus too much on directors, like especially TV show directors. Um, but there is something to be said about the discussions that happen thereafter on some of these shows. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the moments and appearances and stuff like that in Filoni's last episode dominated the conversation versus, oh my God, did you see that shot of, you know, Luke and Grogu there? It was like, no, but do you remember when Luke did this and Grogu did that? Right. Um, also, you know, I, I, I always subscribe to Lucasfilm being set on patterns of how they do things and the only other limited series because Ahsoka is going to be a limited series. The only other limited series that we know at this point that has been in production is Obi-Wan and that had one director for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's leaning me towards thinking they're going to do one director for the Ahsoka series. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they gave it to Filoni and let him uh, have his crack at it because ultimately it's like, it's just that thing where, yeah, maybe there's a better director there. But Ahsoka's his character. And, you know, he co-created it with George Lucas. And whatever he his ideas are, are it for that character. So whatever he does is the most authentic to the Ahsoka character. Um and, and that's and that it, so in other words, that's my sort of way of rationalizing that choice. Um, but again, that goes with if they stick to this whole thing where, oh, if it's a limited series, you know, it's easier to lock down one director for this one set of time to make this show versus The Mandalorian has three, four or five seasons over six years. We can't let, get someone locked into that much time as a director. We mm-hmm. got to ration that out. We're going to bring in some different people, different looks. It's also um, normal for so, television to have multiple directors for any show. Yeah, but limited series, usually you'll see one person. Mm-hmm. And I think with Ahsoka, whether it's six episodes, seven episodes, eight episodes, I, th- I, I would not shock me if they wanted to keep one steady uh, voice or, or vision to direct that. And it'd be hard for me to think that it won't be him. Because um, I thought yeah, I, he's getting better. Like you said, Lacey, I, I, and James, I didn't like the gunslinger at all, really. Um, I, w- I want to jump in really I've quick because g- I made a oh, mistake. Oh. He, I, I forgot and misspoke. He did direct the first episode of season one as well. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because I was like, I start, I started adding that up. And I'm like, wait, five, five, and six. I thought he did two in the first, and then I was like, oh shoot, I forgot, I forgot about, about this that. one. You're right. Yeah. The very first episode of the Mandalorian. He did do That's that, right. uh, yeah. and then he did uh, the gunslinger, and then mm-hmm. he only did one episode in season two, which was the Ahsoka episode. Correct. And you know that episode. I thought he did a really good job. I really liked these sort of Kurosawa tones and throwbacks and, and that sort of setting. Um, he didn't have to move around too much. I believe everything took place on Corvus. Uh, so it wasn't like multi-location in terms of setting. Um, I enjoyed that. And th- But this past episode, I liked a lot of the stuff too, you know? And I, I think, you know, let's not forget that directors are also very much in charge of how the visual effects final shots look and the proving final shots and stuff. And that was the best we've seen the CG Luke so far, uh, better than Peyton Reed's. I know they brought in new people, so you got to be fair to that. Um, but Cad Bane looked amazing. Uh, there's a lot to be said about that stuff too. So I would be willing to, you know, say, yeah, give it to Filoni, let him do it. If it's directed good, fine. It's still, he's going to be able to tell his story because we know he's going to write the thing. So um, I, I'm leaning more and more towards it being all Filoni. Man, it's tough. I don't know. It, I'm. I think I'm kind of. I think if I had like, to does, pick, does the limited series thing make sense it, to you? It or actually like, now that doesn't matter. It actually does, but I I would say part of the reason that I lean maybe towards what Lacey's saying, which is like I think he will write all of it, and then you'll have different directors. Is at this point, um. Now, correct me again. Did did they specifically say that Ahsoka was a limited series? So that was it. It that's one and done. Or are I we assuming that's that? what they called it? A special event series or something? I'll try to find it. So, so my thought is, 
is if Ahsoka is just like one of these shows, even like Book of Boba Fett has like kind of mixed. It was like it's partially Book of Boba Fett, it's partially Mandalorian. You know what I mean? It's kind of they're getting a little uh, loose with the titles and stuff, and it all is kind of blending together. And I imagine their plan when they were announcing all these is that Rangers in the New Republic is going to be similar to that. Like you're going to have Mandalorian in those episodes. And then in season three, you were going to have some of the Rangers in the New Republic episode. You know what I mean? And it was all just kind of going to blend into these particular. Yeah, it says limited series. It does say limited series. So I, I mean, they did call that out. I was kind of thinking that all of this would be part of those interchangeable titles and things, in which case, you know, you might have a great director say like Bryce Dallas Howard is bringing up her uh, clout with fans in the, these particular types of shows, you would want her to be the director. And maybe that is also part of it. Like take, for instance, uh, one of the directors moving from the Mandalorian, they worked with these people and they said, Hey, you're great. I want you to be the person that does Obi-Wan. Maybe oh, yeah. what we're looking at right now is, um, you know, kind of, grooming for one of these people to be like, Hey, we want you to be the director for this show. Uh, we want you to be, we want you to do a star Wars film, Taika Waititi, come and do the Mandalorian first, check it out. See if you fit in this world. If you like it, if you want to continue doing things like that, but maybe for someone like Bryce, it would be, Hey, do some episodes of the Mandalorian, do some book of Boba Fett, see what you want. And then we'll give you Ahsoka. And it would be Bryce and Dave Filoni doing Ahsoka together. I think it also comes down to like I think everyone thinks like and he, he is I'm sure he's a nice guy you know Lacey met him briefly very briefly but a lot of people have said they've spoken to him, him a couple very, times but he said they say he's a nice guy yes he's like very that. But, nice. when, but, but when it comes to business I think he's more shrewd than people think he is and the evidence of that to me is like not giving Ashley Eckstein a shot to audition for Ahsoka, um, which by all accounts was his call, that sort of stuff. He may be like, no, I'm directing this series. I'm the executive creative director of Lucasfilm. Like, I, I'm taking this one, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he could just say that. Like, who knows yeah. this character better than me? I'm taking it. Uh, and, you know, everyone says he's the understudy of George Lucas. George Lucas was very... As J.W. Rinsler told us, he was very matter-of-fact. He would tell you exactly what he wanted, and if he needed to, he would have other people tell it to you, but he, t he said exactly what he wanted done. And Filoni, I think, does follow that path, and I, I don't see him being like, yeah, um, I love this character more than anything in the world. Bryce Dallas Howard, why don't you direct this whole series? So uh, the, the more I think about it as a limited series is the, the reason why I'm like, it's, there's going to be one director for it. And I just don't see any situation where Dave Filoni gives that to somebody else. I, I could be way wrong. I could be so way wrong on this, but that's just the feeling I have. So I want to preface this it's with not a bad that point. I don't, I want to preface it with uh, that. It's not that I don't want him to do it. I just don't think he will. Um, I was just Googling really quick what his position is at Lucasfilm. He's an executive creative director. They're not going to stick that guy on one series and have him take up all his time directing a whole series by himself and writing it. That's a good point. He's got to oversee all these other things that are going on because you have to remember that Favreau isn't in a role like that. Favreau's only doing the Mandalorian and then he's got other stuff he's doing. So Dave Filoni is like the guy at Lucasfilm that oversees making sure everything makes sense creatively. Uh, so I can't see him logically being like, yes, let me take on this whole series by myself directing and writing it and then taking away my attention from other projects as well. That's a lot mm. for one person. Doesn't it seem like he's always on set during all the productions for Boba Fett and Mando, though? Yeah, but that doesn't mean he wants to get into directing because he can still step away when he's not directing it. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I mean, it, like... It just, it just seems like a lot for one person, and I think that goes back to what James was saying before, is, like, if you have all these seasons having... Or, John, you were saying locking someone in for multiple seasons is, is tough. I think Dave knows Ahsoka, obviously. It's his character. He's been involved with Ahsoka being a part of this whole kind of Favreau universe. Um, but I don't... I don't know if he'll lock himself into a series like that, especially if you look at it from the Favreau perspective of... 
John Favreau is the type of person, and we've said this before, and I've been kind of one of the biggest harpers about this, is that he's really good at finding the perfect team. He's really good at saying, okay, I can't do this, but I'm going to find the person that can. So when you're looking at something like an Ahsoka series and you care about this character so much like Dave does, are you going to say, I want to take this on, even though there are people that are probably a little bit more experienced and skilled than you in directing, when you can get someone that's really good and put their best foot forward for that character so that that show wins awards and stuff when you're still somewhat new to the whole live action directing thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say this, though, that that thought process still stands for episode one of The Mandalorian. You know, sure. It still stands for like the Ahsoka episode. Wouldn't you want the best foot forward for this character? And, and, and this, I'm not saying whatever. that. Right. And I'm not saying that they they didn't do that by having him direct it. Yeah. But I think that there is something to be said to direct one off episodes than a whole entire series. I agree. So I started looking up Rebels episodes, too, which he obviously is like in mm-hmm. uh, in heavily involved in these. Right, and right. certain particular episodes, he's the director on, you know, Twilight of the Apprentice, you know, parts one and two. But then I'm looking through all the middle tier episodes and they're usually directed by somebody else. But he is also correct, uh, credited as supervising director on all those uh, middle episodes, too. Which is probably so, like final say and stuff, I would assume. I, yeah, I'm kind of thinking it's like one of those things where like he's kind of standing over and he's like, hey, man, like... <laughs> You're the director. Oh yeah, but I'm the director, kind of thing. And <laughs> right. you know, well, it's like kind of like the gallery when Favreau's like, "Can we have them do this?" He's like, "No, you man, you can't have. You can't do that. You can't do that shot." Or you know, you know. So I mean, I I was kind of hands on. Like in in a show setting, you know, your director isn't your top person. It's your showrunner, your producers, and stuff like that. Right. Those people in this case are kind of the heads up. So I'm almost thinking like. All right, so we have John Favreau and let's say Dave Filoni show running this, but we have different directors, Dave Filoni doing maybe specific episodes of it, and he's maybe in a specific role called the supervising director on every episode, so mm-hmm. that even even almost in a case like that's another step up. It's like he's not directing every episode of the show, but he is doing more than a typical uh, producer would right. on this show because right. he's producing and supervising director on every episode. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's tricky, but either I mean, way, I think it's you not guys in bad hands. Both... It's going to be awesome. No. Yeah. I'm just thinking it... ahead to like, that is a lot of stuff that he'd be doing on top of being one what, of those what key about this roles angle? at Lucasfilm. What about this, this, this perspective? Like if Filoni directs it, and people are like it was good. That was good. There's no opportunity for fans to not like it when with another director and be like, "How could you do that to Dave Filoni? He would have done a much better." He could just creates these narratives. Whereas if you just give him his series and he does it, people are like, "Well, he like the guy who made the character did it. I don't know what else. What do you want me to say about it?" Like, I don't yeah. know because the director doesn't have anything to do with the story per se. So if people don't, well, like he's some- writing it too. Right, but I'm saying if people didn't like like a certain episode, that doesn't necessarily fall on the director usually. It falls on the story itself. It's weird though because mm. that's not how we've been treating it. I and Isn't I've been that trying crazy, to though? That's crazy I've been to trying me that to people give are like that... how dare they do this and I'm like, but he didn't write it. He just shot, yeah. the, you know, he just directed sure, what's sure. going it's on. It's always been like this kind of underlying thing that I haven't I, really yeah, ever I mean, brought out, right. but when we're talking about these episodes, yeah. it's like everybody's like, "Oh man, Deborah Tao, Chow, she's the best." And it's like, "Well, I mean, if Rick Famuyiwa was in, was directing the episode where all the Mandalorians come out and are shooting from their jetpacks <laughs> yeah, and stuff, said that, yeah. we probably would have been like, that was the best episode, you know? And it's like, well, okay, look, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to tell what is, is actually going on, or are we just actually excited over what we're seeing on screen? If, right, right. You know, if given... If given uh, the worst episode, uh, the the director who did the worst episode of Book of Boba Fett was given the episode with Luke and Grogu, we probably would have been like, holy crap, that episode was so great and probably would have given him credit. But it's the writing. It's like that that was mm -hmm, the story that was mm -hmm. planned out. And they were just handed this section, this chapter. Right. They lucked out on the the drawing of straws. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It's like some of the best Star Wars doesn't have the best direction. And George Lucas is testament to that. Um, (laughs) 
look at last Wednesday, the highest rated episode by us and by our listeners was direct uh, ever so far uh, for live action Star Wars was directed by Dave Filoni. That's because mm-hmm. of story. That's not because of directing. If you that's wanted- my point though, it's, I, yeah, it doesn't. That, that's what I'm kind of saying though. It does like it's not as important. That's what I also leads me to think he'll get it because it's not like we need the best director. We can still, it still might be the greatest series ever in spite of that. He's still the creative director to a business that has what, 11 plus series coming out that are all somewhat interconnecting. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, it's a huge chunk of time. It depends how long it takes for them to shoot it. Like the kind of dedication that's needed. Obviously writing is a big time chunk, but I'm saying like, having such a hand in it that you're writing and directing and doing all these things, then that means he's stepping aside and and having someone else step in as the creative director. And I don't think they have someone to do that. They have Doug Chang, but he's on the concept side. Whereas yeah. Dave Filoni's the person that's coming up with the ideas, drawing the notes on a, you know, a piece of paper or, or a napkin and, and I, then handing yeah, it to and Doug that's Chang. That's fair. I, I don't know what like all these titles like like, you know, Carrie Beck, senior VP of development and production you have live action michelle Regwan, live action vp like i don't know what each of these people do you know what i mean <laughs> right. so and he's yeah. new to it so who knows but i was gonna I'm say saying based on our knowledge of like how knowledgeable and, he is of not just what george lucas wanted but of these characters that he's created in the universe i can't see them tying him down to one thing like this because they do need him to give input on a bunch of different stuff yeah. yeah, and we'll uh, one more thing to to kind of wrap out my my angle because I I yeah. agree with both. If I had to say right at this point, I think it's going to be Dave Filoni is writing all of it, and mm-hmm. he's going to be uh bringing in other directors. That's that that is what I'm thinking right now. Uh, it might change. Um, but I I wanted to point out too that that uh they kind of share positions, John Favreau and Dave Filoni on, on this role, and we've only seen John Favreau. Uh, direct one episode, whereas Dave Filoni seems to have found the time to direct sure. like multiple sure. episodes. So it's sure. like somewhere it feels like some maybe some of the heavy lifting is still being done by Favreau. And if that is the case, Favreau's you know overarching the mm-hmm. Ahsoka show, then maybe Dave can, yeah. can find that time sure. to also kind of uh, direct. But I, I don't know. Um, I do know we're up on time you know we got to move on but and um, should start filming according to reports next month so 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 maybe we'll get some news too um all right so that is it for this episode trb 500 (sighs) is in the can uh we told you it was gonna be two ceremonies but we want to thank everybody again uh from the three of us thanks so much for being on this ride with us it's been amazing um and uh hopefully we have 500 more in us we'll see but uh Thank you. Keep spreading the word. We appreciate it so much. As Lacey said, make sure you are subscribed to our show. Two episodes a week, uh, whether it's video or audio, and keep leaving those reviews. Thank you again for those. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com. That's where you want to go for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet, and my movie pod, just like the movies. Uh, We're doing... um, I don't even know what we're doing next. Karate Kid, coming out tomorrow. That's right. Uh, James. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And, uh, I don't know who's doing the Mandalorian Mando John minute is. this week, John. Yep. Um, but we'll, uh, I but you James should also, was. I don't know. We'll figure it out, yeah. but one of us is going to be on it. So, uh, make sure to, if you're not subscribed to the channel, like John said, subscribe so that you can be notified as soon as that video goes live, but it's going to be our like immediate reaction to the it's series one finale minute. of book of Boba Fett. It's crazy. So check it out. What'd you say? Uh, so James stole my <laughs> spiel. That's been my spiel for the past few episodes. Oh. So I had something else to say besides my my tags, but that's okay. We're all on the same oh. team here. At Lacey Giller on Twitter and Instagram. I didn't just want to have only my tags to say because that's lame. I know. That's <laughs> why I usually say that. <laughs> you started saying it and I, I was know. like, no. <laughs> no. Gotcha. You're going to start yeah, moving anyway, Just kidding. <laughs> all right guys uh thank you so much we will see you wednesday 9 p.m for the mando fan show live to wrap up the book of boba fett uh very excited to do that with you but until then as always from us here we'll see you around kids